0: in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end it is caught for the win! Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big BJ Raji for the touchdown!
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein, and this week... Well, we're celebrating for a number of reasons. Training camp has started. uh, The Dream Drive is back. Packers are riding bikes to practice. And Aaron Nagler is here, which is just, you know, maybe the best reason for us to celebrate this week. So, Aaron, thank you for joining us.
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Always a celebration when I talk to you guys. No doubt about it. Woo!
2: (laughs) That's my contribution. Yes, we're very happy to have you. We are looking at you right now with Lambo in the background. There very jealous, yes. Very, very jealous. Um, looks like a beautiful, sunshiny day. I
0: tell you, the whole time I've been in Wisconsin has been gorgeous, and especially Perry, you know, coming from New York, it was absolutely disgusting <laughs> the week before I left, and then it landed here, here, and it has been absolutely beautiful the entire time <laughs> yeah. I've been been here. So I yes, out of this phenomenal. place,
2: um, I definitely need to get out of this <laughs> hole of eighty-seven percent humidity. Yeah, no, um,
0: no fun, no good. Yeah.
2: But Maggie said it best. It's training camp. You have three practices now under your belt.
0: Well, let's really call them 2.5. Like today, today today's was a walkthrough and it was very, very subdued and it was good. It was a great vibe though. They have uh, a new tent that they have up on the sideline for friends and family, which is good and bad because it's, it's, they've cut off as we used to be able to walk up and down the entirety of the field, but now we can't go on the far end anymore which I kind of gave them grief about, but they don't care, of course. But today it was so cool because it was closed to the public, so there were no, like, visitors, nobody on the sidelines, no VIPs, whatever. So the families, like, just kind of walked up and down with us, and the kids were running around. Like, Randall Cobb's kids were running around the sidelines. <laughs> I met Aida Cobb for the first time in person. Like, we've known each other online forever, but never met. And just things like, it was so cool just to have, like, Lafleur's boys were there, like, it was the vibe today was so cool. But as far as the practice goes, it was very, very subdued. A walkthrough, as Matt said it was going to be, and uh, was very short. So the totality of what we've seen so far, and they're still in shorts, is not entirely indicative probably of what we're going to see, you know, the rest of the camp. But it's like been a good start. There's been a lot of interesting developments. There's no doubt about that.
2: What do they get out of practices like today? Is this more like – Football IQ, learning, the playbook kind of stuff, just walking in. A
0: lot of that, yes. Um, No question about the idea of on both sides of the ball, right? Like, here's the call. What is your responsibility? You know, and it's all, I mean, it's not even, I wouldn't even say three-quarters speed. It's like half speed, maybe. They're walking through until, if it's a pass play, Aaron throws the ball. The DBs will be in position, but then they will absolutely not make a play on it. And Whoever it's intended to will go up and get it. Um, but it is it's all about your assignments. Right. And taking the classroom work, everything you've studied, not just here in camp, but all off season, and putting putting it on its feet, so to speak, you know, making sure, you know, and it's all recorded. It's all taped. So they'll go back and they'll look at it and see who's doing what. And, oh, mm-hmm. you you stepped wrong here. You know, it's down to that kind of detail as far as like the offensive line coaches will look and say, all right, well, on this play, you've got to get you know a wider stance or better depth or you know you're pulling here but we want to make sure you pull at two yards not three yards etc um, you know the blocking schemes as far as there was one point today where we saw uh, Rogers made an adjustment on the line of scrimmage and called for a slide protection to the right and AJ was you know basically alone to pick up Rashawn Gary in pass pro and he's you know stuck in there and it was fine and then afterwards I saw Aaron talk to him And I asked AJ in the locker room, like, what was that about? And he said, well, you know, Aaron said, if you get a free rusher like that, just leak out, you know, because he's free. He's got to commit to coming after me. So I dump the ball to you and you just go for 20 yards probably. So it's just things like that, you know, some adjustments on the field, but lots of work upstairs in your head, like making sure you know exactly what's expected of you for every call.
1: That's really interesting, too, because do you think there's, I mean, if you ask LeFleur, you know, it's designed a certain way. And I'm sure there's like, you know, the Steno and the LeFleur idea where it's like, no, AJ, we want you right there protecting the franchise. That's and a thousand percent <laughs> it.
0: That's what, AJ said, like, my my job is to take Rashawn Gary yeah. in that play. But he said, you know, he joked, he was like, because I, I asked him, I was like, what was that convo about? He said, oh, just 200 IQ level stuff. He's like Aaron (laughs) Rodgers stuff, you know, stuff that only he can think of or see. Um, But yeah, Maggie, I had that kind of similar thought like, well, you want to get a plus grade on your video or, you know, when they're going back and grading you, you want to be the coaches to give you a good grade, but that is your quarterback. And he's asking you to do something.
2: Playtime, like you know, Mm -hmm. who's going to be mad when? One
0: hundred percent. When you don't do what's being asked, yeah, no question about it.
1: Yeah, because if that leaks out for thirty yards and a first down or a touchdown, the floor is going to be like,
0: all right, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) whatever. Essentially.
2: Um, I love to hear that. That's really interesting. It's definitely like a, a. it's kind of like when you when you get back to school and you had to do like summer reading and then all of a sudden you get like that's really reading, good actually that's you know good. like a pop quiz yep. and it's like who actually read the who book. who did the
0: reading so, yeah yeah this <laughs> right. that's
2: what today was for them right like who, who, for, who on did the record I always did the
0: reading I don't know, know about you Perry. Maggie that is the least surprising thing you have ever said
2: <laughs> I um, also always did the reading also no. not surprising <laughs> yeah.
0: and I'm but, glad yeah. I can be the counterbalance to say I never did the reading so it's good so
2: it's you good. read the Cliff Notes which yeah.
0: Maybe, 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 I don't know. Maggie, I'm glad you brought up Steno because what I found interesting was that when they were, it's the first time in the three days we've been here where they had two distinct separate groups working at the same time. They had the ones and the twos, basically kind of cycling through the twos and the threes on the other side. And Matt was in charge of the ones, obviously, and Steno was running the twos. And it was really interesting to see kind of what he was well, I'm trying to decipher what he's looking at, right? And how he's dealing with Jordan Love and Danny Etling and the things that he's kind of coaching people up on, whether it is the offensive line, because that's obviously his background, but also, you know, telling a tight end, like, look, you need to kind of cut this off here. Or uh, somebody who came in motion, like, no, 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 you got to wait and do it this timing. Like, it was interesting to see Steno in a different light, right? We're so used to the last three years he's been strictly with the offensive line when you come to camp and now that's his baby now the offense is you know he's the coordinator and he's got to make sure everybody involved is doing the right thing across the board so that's kind of the first real kind of look we've got at steno as more than just an offensive line coach
2: has he does he feel different like do you think he's like assumed it's more like leadership role or is he exactly as he's always been
0: yeah it's funny you say that because I keep waiting for him to pop off like he's been very vocal in past summers uh getting after his offensive line charges and so far he's been pretty quiet but I assume at some point we're gonna hear Steno bellowing out but yeah no so so far he's been pretty businesslike, from what I what cool. I can say
1: I was going to say, I wonder, like, I mean, I'm sure, you know, especially if you're a franchise like the Jets or the Browns, like you're used to the turnover of coaching staffs. But I'd be really curious funny. what it's like for those guys in the locker room to go from a guy like Nathaniel Hackett, who is so outspoken mm-hmm. and so bubbly, and funny Stel, and who gregarious. has always kind yeah. of been more reserved, like to see him in that role. And you know he can do it, and his pressers have been excellent, but we just haven't seen him have to take on that, that kind of leadership role yet.
0: What's interesting, I'm glad you said that, because what's interesting is I remember Two was it two summers ago, I I I kind of attended virtually um, a coaching clinic that he was in. That was the whole reason I paid for it, so because I knew he was one of the presenters. Uh, I think it was called the Cool Clinic, and it was really interesting cool. to see how he. It, it was very cool how he came to life, like having to present something, right? And I got to think that's part of the gig, right? Getting mm-hmm. up in front of the room, not just the offensive line now, but the entirety of the offense. That's something you've got to work at. That's something you're probably always working at. And it might be the kind of thing that holds other guys back and maybe they struggle with or have to work on. But yeah, in the coach's clinic, he was really engaging and he put up so many interesting kind of nuggets as far as what you're looking at technique wise, like real minutia type stuff that I'd never think about just watching it live. But he broke down why these things are important and, I got to think that's the kind of thing that he's bringing now to the entirety of the offense. And I mean, he's obviously a teacher and someone who can reach his, his, his pupils, so to speak. Um, Yeah. Like I said, it really seems like he's kind of hitting the ground running, so to speak.
2: That's great. Was there anyone that he was, so you said he was with the twos and threes, if you will, anyone in that group that kind of surprised you that was over there and not with the ones or vice versa.
0: Not really. I think they're like Matt was talking about this morning because they're kind of stressed with numbers, although they did get Sammy back. They got a couple other people back today. They have been stressed with numbers. So the the delineation of the ones versus twos hasn't, I think has been pretty clear and preset. The only kind of big change along the line today was Zach Tom wasn't with the ones. Uh, It was all um, uh, we had Yash at left and, They had Newman at right tackle, and then Cole Van Lanning got a little work. That's the first time that's happened in training camp. I know it happened quite a bit during the offseason work, but we hadn't seen that yet. But Zach Tom was back to strictly with the twos today. But other than that, there hasn't been much of a surprise as far as somebody not participating with one group or the other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, it's probably a little bit premature to ask something like this, but we are now officially like two weeks away from the first preseason game. So do you get a sense, you know, like I know Aaron Rodgers, you know, whether he plays or not, all signs right. point to him not doing that. But, you know, with Sammy Watkins coming back and just right now so far having a walkthrough, we know he'll get plenty of practice, but... Do you think that he'll play in the preseason? A lot of the starters will play in the preseason, or because there's so many question marks as far as starting spots, like on the O-line, a lot of guys are going to get pressed into playing that maybe don't expect to play?
0: Yeah, I, I would be shocked if Sammy Watkins played in the first, especially the first preseason game, I or even probably the first two. I mean, he's a vet he's done it. He's, he's bought the t-shirt. You know, it's, I don't think there's anything that he needs to learn. I mean, I know we talk about getting down the offense, right. And getting his timing with Rodgers, but that can happen in practice. And they've got two joint practices that you guys are going to be at the saints practices that that's 10 times more valuable than anything. He's any work he's going to get in a preseason yeah. game. So yeah, I would, I would be surprised if, if he was. Um, but I think there are, there will most likely be some vets that, do get some work and I am fascinated to see how it plays out, especially in light of how, I don't want to say vocal, but how adamant they were last year about how not needing any work in the preseason and then laying a gigantic egg against (laughs) the saints in week one. You do wonder if that has any kind of carryover and maybe they look to get just a little bit of work in the preseason because of it.
2: So I was listening and bear with me on this preamble, I was listening (laughs) to an interview the other night with Buck Showalter, who is um, obviously, you know, with the Mets. And he was talking about how when guys like Max Scherzer, this was after Scherzer's start, he just kind of lets them lead, right? Like as a, as a, someone who's been in the league for so long and you see these vets, you kind of like take their lead on certain things, especially when it comes to, Preparation, how they feel in game, when they decide to take themselves out, things like that, and it got me thinking about, as Maggie just said, like preseason a little bit when it comes to football and how people have all these opinions kind of about well, how many snaps is Rogers going to play right. in the right. preseason? Like, do, what's he people have do?
0: opinions <laughs> yes. about Aaron Rodgers? Yes, That's
2: or even easy. any that right, like right. how what they're doing in like the what they should be doing, right, what they should right. be doing, like what's the best strategy? And I was thinking to myself like. There's probably a little bit of a give and take at this point, especially with Aaron Rodgers, but also, like, guys like randall cobb right and sure. sam Watkins, and other vets who know their bodies at this point and can say like you know what i think i only need one series or i'm just going to play in the third game to prep for week one um and if i ever got the chance to ask matt Lafleur that question i would but i would say like is this does it come to a point as a head coach where you just kind of let your vets lead when it comes to the amount of work that they need to do before the season
0: starts It's a really good question maybe i'll ask matt that tomorrow Thanks for that. I'm totally totally stealing that Um, because it is, I think that's a great point. Right. And I think there's zero doubt because of the fact that these guys do train in a way now that, you know, when I was growing up anyway, a lot of athletes didn't in the off season. I mean, maybe they got And Aaron is to this point now too, where you talked about it his locker the other day where, you know, he got a little bit of throwing in at the gym or at the, you know, the facility where he works out in the off season, just a, you know, just a little bit to keep his arm loose and make sure, you know, he's, he's right as rain so to speak but he doesn't have throwing sessions he doesn't have guys all like come to california and you know hang out and have a big deal about it i think he knows his body right i mean the man is coming off his second consecutive mvp he knows what's necessary in the offseason and to your point i think most of the vets who are on at least on a third contract certainly know exactly what is necessary to be ready for the season i would suspect and i'm definitely want to ask Matt this I would suspect Matt's answer would align with that right I think the tricky part if you're Matt or any of the coaches like that have to put together whatever it is you're trying to accomplish in a preseason game especially like you're cobbling together yeah at some point like a a roster has to be put out there and well this you know this guy thinks he needs three snaps well this guy needs two series and blah 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 well at some point I think you do have to put your foot down and say look I need to evaluate guys I need you know there's people fighting for roster spots and these this is our livelihood I think at some point as a coach you have to know all right I, I understand what your desires are but I also do need to do my job
1: yeah, I, th- I think it's really interesting to, you know, from Perry's perspective on the vets. And then if you flip it and talk about, you know, the rookie development, like Christian Watson, nobody knowing he had the leg injury and him being open enough, you know, most rookies would be like, I got to push this. I got to learn the playbook. I got to yeah. be on the field. I'm a second round pick. I'm, you know, highly touted. I'm coming in here, you know, arguably to be the, the wide receiver of the future, all these expectations. And he said, no, you know, there's something that's not quite Right. I need to do what I can to get my body right so that I'm I'm good for the stretch and I think the maturity of that too is really interesting because it's not not to discredit other rookies, but just to know his body enough that young of a player to come in and say, hey, yes, I want these reps with Aaron Rodgers, especially, you know, and it's not a competition, but to have a guy like Romeo Dobbs having the kind of camp he's been having so early, Mm -hmm. Watson has just got to be like stewing on the sideline, doing everything possible to get back out there as soon as possible so that he can get those reps.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's a really good point as far as You know, I think there was probably a time where that wouldn't have been greeted, and I'm sure in some quarters of Twitter it isn't, but (laughs) that, you know, it wouldn't have been greeted with that kind of, that idea, right, where, Mm -hmm. like, he is a professional athlete, and he is stepping into a big role, and he is at least aware enough to know that, okay, I have to at least alert the Packers to what's going on, and then the moment Doc McKenzie finds out, of course, he's most likely going to be as cautious as possible. We know that's usually the M.O. about the Packers, but yeah i think it's a different age right and Mm -hmm. i think rookies quote unquote who come in have played a lot of football like and i know people talk about he went to a small school etc but he's played a lot of football and he knows his body and he knows better than anybody on this earth like what it can take what it needs and when it's not right so i'd much rather have him out there eventually and have him be 100 percent and have it right rather than okay he comes into camp and here's the other thing then people start seeing whatever Issues he might have, or maybe he's holding up because of the injury, or maybe he's not as effective as he could be if he was 100%. And then people start forming ideas and narratives and all this stuff around a kid who's just trying to fight through something. But we don't know that. And that's where I think it's smart to say, like, nope, it ain't right. Let's get it right.
2: I think the worst that could have happened is he does say, you know, I'm new, like I have to be out there. You I have to do like this catch. Right. And I like under this like pressure that I'm sure he's still feeling. Oh, and then he's working through something that ends up lingering for so long and he doesn't get to be as valuable and as productive as he knows he can be. And then all of a sudden, and this happens, right? You hear, Oh, well, X player was actually like dealing with this injury no all. Doubt. At the end of the season. All the
0: time. Well, all the time.
2: That explains why their production wasn't where you thought it was, etc. So I would so much rather have even if he misses valuable preseason snaps, even if he misses the first game, it doesn't sound like it's that serious, right? But I would much rather have him be healthy for the majority of the season, too. So as as disappointed as I am, because I was really looking forward to seeing him in camp in a couple
0: weeks. Agreed. Agreed. I hear you there. And especially like you said, the the pageantry, right, the trading up for him, and he is such a big specimen, and he is an exciting athlete, and you do want to see him out there with Aaron Rodgers. High side of caution, I think, is the smart way to go, no doubt.
1: So we talked a little bit obviously or alluded to Romeo Dobbs having a good camp so far, but you know, do you, I guess, do you, you mean
0: future hall of famer Romeo Dobbs? Is that who you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that
1: guy, that? The, the greatest to everywhere, number 87. Okay.
0: Absolutely. A thousand percent. <laughs> but his, I'm, I'm, I'm lobbying Canton to get his bust ready. Let's
1: yeah, there well. you go. Prep it early. But so he uh, arguably a surprise, I guess, you know, considering his draft status and what that room looks like, but, if you could give us even, like, a top three, like, biggest surprises and, or, you know, good or mm-hmm. bad surprises as far as what you've seen given this very, very small sample size before the pads have even come on.
0: Yeah, I don't, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, I think Zach Tom getting run with the ones right yeah. away was interesting, um, even though if it was just one day. And it was funny because I'm, I'll, hell, I'll, I'll continue along the offensive line theme, um, you know, uh, seeing Royce Newman at tackle, was a bit of a shock, I will say. Uh, Now he's been put back at guard now, and I remember I did have some people on my stream who were, like, rattling. They were saber-rattling about, you know, this how ridiculous it was and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's one day, and sure enough, things change the next day, and that's what this time, especially early in camp, is for. They're going to move guys around. They're going to see, they're going to mix and match. They're going to see who fits where and who can maybe handle it, maybe continue to develop, et cetera. But I was surprised at some of those choices. Um, one of the pleasant surprises, at least for me so far, I didn't know anything about the kid's game, anything, was Danny Davis. He has made a play every single day, including today. Even at half speed, he made a really nice catch. And that first day, he had a fantastic catch up the left sideline where um, Jordan Love made a really nice play, having to throw across his body while rolling to his left. But he put it kind of high. And Davis was in a perfect spot in the zone between the corner and the safety, and he absolutely skied like I'm um, way up to get this ball and came down with it, secured the catch, big play. Um, and then the next day, on uh, yesterday, he had another one like in the red zone work where I just kind of did a double take and I had to make sure because he's wearing 20. I mean, if you're a wide receiver wearing number 20, it does not bode well for your chances of making the team. I think that's something Aaron Rodgers even joked about last year on McAfee, but This kid made another really nice catch yesterday, and I thought, now wait a second, and it is kind of interesting to note that he has gotten a few snaps with the ones, something that Torre has not had to happen yet, as far as I can kind of note, As going back and looking at it, kind of mental Rolodex, so to speak, over the first couple days. I don't remember seeing Torre out there with the ones at all. He was certainly with the twos and threes today, but Davis has gotten a few looks with the ones already, so... I I, that's to me that's a name to keep an eye on because if that's the kind of thing we talk about all the time right where how these undrafted guys can make a case for themselves and make a play every day put it on tape every day until eventually a coach maybe Aaron Rodgers says let's give this guy a few more chances because every time we do he's making a play so to me that's the one guy who I've kind of noticed like just jumping out a little bit more than I expected no doubt.
2: Who's going to be the next Alan Lazard, basically? I mean, who knows? <laughs> who, I'm, who I'm not saying that's the automatic, you know, that is, path he's
0: going to take, but you never know.
2: I mean, obviously. I think it is – there is something to be said for having someone in camp, though, who has taken that path to yeah. show – anyone no matter when you were drafted or if you weren't drafted like this team will take care of you and this quarterback will advocate for you
0: yep if you just give you chances right well the yeah. packers do that as far as they have a uh, a packet that they put out i think the seahawks do this as well showing agents like the opportunities that are afforded undrafted free agents in their camps and like really cool. the number of times undrafted guys have made the 53, right? And the Seahawks and the Packers are both at the top of that list in the league. So yeah, to that point, like you got to feel good as an undrafted guy coming into green Bay and knowing like, look, if I do the work and I make a play and I'm consistent and I don't make, and if I do make a mistake, I don't make the same one twice. You're going to get a fair shake. You're going to get opportunities. It's just up to you to do something with them.
1: The Zach Tom stuff has been really interesting to me too, because when Perry and I gave our, like we didn't really call it an underdog episode, but players that we thought maybe would see the field more than we initially expected. Zach Tom was on there. And one of the the ways we talked about him was being that kind of interior because he played center in 2019. And, you know, I know he played left tackle in 2020 and 2020, 2021. So it makes sense that they would give him looks at left tackle. But, you know, one of my early thoughts was, well, if they're going to use Jake Hansen at guard, maybe they are going to give Zach Tom some looks at center with, Josh Myers having the kind of rookie season that he had. And then here he is taking right. one snap to left right? tackle. So it's like, right. all right, you know, he could be there next, uh, yeah.
2: whoever. He just, he just, I, mean, I tell you
0: what, I tell you what's so weird is that he does not look like a tackle. I mean, I know, yeah. like you said, yeah. he's played there the last couple of years, but man, he definitely looks like a guard. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I do not see tackle when I look at him, but it doesn't matter if you're getting it done. I mean, it doesn't matter the, the, you know, the, it's not a, it's not a Hollywood beauty contest. So <laughs> you get out there and get it, get the job done. And so far. Unpadded. He's he's been he's been fine. So yeah, it, it was a surprise. There's no doubt about that.
2: I think the OL rotation isn't that much of a surprise to me. There's so many spots that are up for grabs. You know what I mean? Like, well, especially
0: I, with the injuries to Bakary we don't know about David, right?
2: right? And so. Yeah. Right tackle, I mean, who knows? You feel like center and left guard are, are pretty set. That's,
0: those, that's set. That To yeah. me, that, that's that been the same two guys all camp so right. far.
2: But, yeah, at the, but then there's three – that's three spots that yes. so they're going to – Packers are going to move guys around, and they're going to see who's going to slot in where best, and they're also going to see, you know, do we have the next swing Lucas Patrick-type guy on the roster? And if so, like, we probably want to keep him around. So – I think it's going to just be a rotation all the way through until the season starts. And hopefully, hopefully by that yeah. point,
0: <laughs> And then they can set it at some point. Let's right? tackle
2: through center that's set and the rest of it they have to figure out.
0: But yeah, the, Jake, the Hanson thing is so weird, man. I can't, it is weird. I just don't, I'd never seen it with him. And I know everyone talks about how he had a much better camp last year, but that's fine because he had a God awful camp his first year. <laughs> so I hope he had a better camp last year, but I don't, I, man, I don't, I don't know about all that. I, I watching the, cause you know how we nerds are like, I go back and I watch preseason from last year. Cause that's something you do. Uh, yeah, I don't, I just don't see it, man, but who knows who maybe he's developed and grown and who, you know, done something as far as his uh, workout regimen and really gotten much stronger and better. And I don't know, but we'll, we'll see, but he's getting work with the ones yeah. at this point.
1: There's always like a shock on the offensive line too, where you know, they keep like right. their nine or ten guys and then right. there's a name that nobody thought. And, yep. you know, so I don't want to discredit this guy before he takes the field, but Cole Schneider wearing sixty four. When you're in Green Bay and you wear sixty four, it feels like you deserve to to make the roster. And his mustache <laughs> is just phenomenal. So
0: I'm sure that will be taken into consideration <laughs> by Goody and company. The, yeah, exactly. The, on their reports that they do at the end of every camp. Mustache, check. Like, no doubt. No question.
1: I mean, give him a worse number if you don't think he's got a shot, right? But to waste 64. <laughs> well, that's the Danny armor. Davis.
0: That's the Danny Davis. Give exactly. him 20? You give the poor guy a 20? Come on. Now.
2: That was a cornerback number. It is. Of, like, exactly. Years. Yeah. So any, anything else from the offense? Because I think going into this, everyone's like, ooh, the defense is going to be so much farther ahead than the offense. Mm-hmm. And then I'm reading on Twitter that the offense looks great. And after the first day, Rodgers is like, you know, we're 1-0 and everything. So, I mean, which we love to that hear. Great.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but, yeah, I mean, the offense is going to look really different. Does it feel different without Devontae Adams? Like, is there a vibe that's –
0: what's funny is that no it's it's pretty similar as far as like the x's and o's and the operation so to speak uh i think i did tweet out the one thing yesterday where it was like rogers adjusts the protection takes the snap hits the late crosser to Jawan winfrey like the Jawan winfrey part (laughs) is the only part of that that is not normal right that we're not used to but everything else has been the packers offense and look we're still very early it's install still it's like there, there's no game planning they're not even like really trying to do much against certain looks like they're legit just making sure everyone knows where the hell they're supposed to be on every play but yeah have Joan winfrey on the receiving end of some of these passes it has been a bit kind of like a double take but it looks like the packers offense like other than, you know other than some of the personnel they're they're doing the same stuff
2: and jordan love
0: Jordan Love looks crisp as hell
2: at this point, but I know
0: he kind of is, but i tell you what, he looks crisp as hell. Uh, I did say, um, somebody that like, I think on the sideline today, like he's good for one real head scratching throw. Every single practice, like just one throw that like flutters a little bit, or you just like lofts it a little too much. And I'm just like, I don't understand that. Like, he shows that he can do it. He, when he plays in rhythm, which is almost all of the time, he looks really good. Like, he rips it, and he he, he has got some really nice zip on the ball. He does a good job finding his, you know, his reads, getting off the initial read if he's covered, blah, blah, blah. He hit Toure on a post corner today that was gorgeous, perfectly placed in the back of the end zone. Like, he does all that, but then he has one throw where it's just like, oh, what is he doing? <laughs> so, I don't know. That's probably just... You know, young kid still hasn't really played a ton. But there was, I will say, probably my favorite play from him so far in camp. They were doing red zone yesterday. And the very last play, he had a throw where um, I think Goodson was the back who leaked out into the right flat. And it was one of these, you know, he's in gun and he gets the ball and he's got to fire it right away. Like that's the design of the play. It's meant to go to the back. It's not a check down, right? And he threw it. And the placement on it was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, if you're a, a like a quarterback connoisseur, right? It was exa- it was teaching tape. As far as putting it in a spot where the running back doesn't have to break stride, he can just grab it, turn up field, and go, which is exactly what happened. and Goodson scores a touchdown in the play. It's exactly as it's drawn up, right? And that's the kind of thing where people want the 60-yard the rainbow ball. They want the big plays. But that's a play that produces a touchdown where if that throw is off, even a little bit, it gives the defense time to ch- catch up. The, the running back probably has to adjust and has to slow down, et cetera. It was an absolutely perfect throw. And that's running the offense, right? That's the efficiency that you're looking for. And he's done that. that. He does that every practice. So – yeah, to me, Jordan Love looks looks pretty good.
2: Like, I think this is the year that everyone's saying, "Oh, well, in year three, like that was when we mm-hmm. saw the jump from Rogers and the preseason." And I think that's fair. I I think it's unfair to put those same expectations on Jordan because they're completely different players. And
0: yeah, it is and it isn't though, right? Because you but, are the first round pick that they took when you had Aaron Rodgers, and at some point, you've got to show. That you're well,
2: I was going to ask: right? like, Do you does it feel like he? Because Matt Lafleur had said like Jordan has just come in and he just feels like he's at another level now. Like his mm-hmm. understanding of it all, he's obviously been in the system for a while now. Does it? I guess we won't really know until he steps on the field for you. Got to see the preseason, stuff, right?
0: Yeah, but I will say he looks comfortable as hell. He looks like he's in command in a way he certainly wasn't that first summer. I mean, uh, you know, without an off season. Program at all that first year that first camp was hard to watch at times you know and i don't think that's unexpected but he is in command of the offense and that's the other thing i mean you gotta love the fact that he's been in the same system his entire nfl career how many times have we seen guys i mean who come into the league even highly touted ones who go through one two three different systems in their first four years or so like look at trevor lawrence is already out of a, you know, whatever system he was in last year. And he's in a new system with Doug Peterson this year, you know, the field is another perfect example. Like these guys go through all these offensive systems like candy. And it's like Jordan being able to be in the same system for three years in a row should only help him. And like I said, like right now, he looks like he is comfortable and in command of everything being asked.
1: This, you know, it might take us a little bit away from camp, but I'm just really curious, both of your thoughts on this, because I think the narrative surrounding the Packers has kind of changed. And, you know, um, RG three had a really interesting tweet thread about this a couple of days ago, but the idea that the Packers makeup has changed without Devonte Adams and looking at, you know, being a defense team. And you can argue right. that as long as you have Aaron Rodgers, you're never going to be a defensive first team. And, you know, sometimes all it takes is a quarterback upgrade to get you to the Super Bowl, Circa, Rams, whatever your, you know, insert team here that had a better quarterback and got where they needed to go. But I think what this team has done that's been so interesting, and Perry and I have talked about it on the show, is that a lot of the investments, yes, there were some on the offense, but it's a lot of young players on offense. And what they've done is built a defense that will be sustainable for the next four to six years. So if Jordan Love does take over, whether it's next season, whatever happens with Rodgers down the line, the defense feels like it'll be the core nucleus of what this team is, and the offense can have growing pains and still be productive without putting up 30 points. So is that, I mean, is that making sense, you know, where this team is heading in the direction?
0: I think so, and I think part of it, I mean, I don't know if it's a conscious thing about wanting to bridge the gap with defense, right? I think obviously you want whoever takes over next, whether it's Jordan Love or someone else to be successful and to be a very good quarterback. Of course you do right Right. now. The idea that you're going to hit three hall of famers in a row is uh, patently absurd. (laughs) No one expects that to happen, but I think more than just focusing on quote defense, I think Brian overall has tried to build a more physical team and a team that can play a little tougher. Like you look at, yes, the additions on defense, but the drafting of how many offensive linemen for the last two years, you know, the drafting of A.J. Dillon at, in the second round a couple of years ago. I just think he wants a bit, bit of a tougher team than probably Ted was putting together under Mike for all those years. And I think part of that is probably just Brian's kind of personal preference of how he wants to build his team. But I also think part of it is a reaction to, we've got an older quarterback, We've got Mm -hmm. a guy who it's not 2016 anymore. You know, it's not this game where he can just let him go five wide and let him run around and he's going to make amazing plays and don't worry about it. Right? Like you've got to be ready for a little less mobility, a little more of a running game. Yes. Play tougher defense, especially hopefully it like pays off down the stretch in the colder months. But I do think Brian, yeah, has had this idea of, I want to build a stronger, tougher team. And yes, Led by defense or offense, whatever, but that can just kind of punch back when they're mm-hmm. hit in the mouth, as opposed to some of the teams in Green Bay that we've seen over the last decade have certainly not done that.
2: No, I don't have anything to add. I think Aaron said it well. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, we're not at this point, so I don't really want to go down this rabbit hole because I do want to hear about the defense. But, like, it's going to be interesting to see how this team jumps when quarterbacks do change, right? Because they have thing is. around, right? Like you have built something around Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron said, that is, you know, he's not this mobile guy anymore. Who's like running outside the pocket and making these incredible throws, which he can do every once in a while, but you're actually actively trying to keep him in the pocket and make plays in rhythm. Cause he's been amazing at that. Yep. And I think also like the league is going towards like much more like physically aggressive, more just, like, versatile athletes that you're just Mm -hmm. throwing out there who can do multiple things. These wide receivers who are kind of like tight ends and these running backs. That's such a good point, too. Like,
0: the Guar is an example there, right?
2: Like, linebackers. Like, the Bucs had a couple of seasons ago when they won the Super Bowl. And just, like, these are just guys who you can throw out there. You just say, like, just go make plays. Mm -hmm. So I think there it's also, like, where the league is going. But...
0: That's a good point, especially when you think about the idea of the offense and how it differs from what they were doing under McCarthy. Like Mike, you know, and Aaron obviously loved a lot of that stuff because they've held some of that over. But, you know, so much spread, so many wide receivers, whereas now instead of spreading it all out, there's so much condensed and there's so much kind of motion and stuff working intricately. Inside the hashes, even like that's it's a much different game. And you've got to be able to be physical in that regard because you got to be able to move people out. you got to be able to spring your running back or your wide receiver on a screen or whatever. Like you've got to be able to be physical in that regard rather than, OK, I'm going to spread it out. I'm going to get my guy in space. I'm going to let him kind of operate as an athlete.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think it's really interesting too. And then we can definitely switch to the defense. But just the last <laughs> observation that this made me think of is like, if you're looking at Mike McCarthy losing a Devonte Adams, I think that would have been crippling to somebody who plays eleven personnel. Like you Very said, it spreads agree. the ball out. But when yes. you've got Matt Lafleur, who you know built entire schemes around pony package and you know things Whoa, like well we saw some pony today sweet.
0: by the way you guys I, I thought of you guys you would have <laughs> getting
1: it. three tight ends on the field like you can make up for that and that's not to say the wide receiver room is like you know at a it there's no replacing Devonte Adams. We've said that ad nauseum but right. you know the pieces that Matt LaFleur has to work with in the way that he runs his scheme is so much different than I think what Packers fans are used to with having a number one wide right receiver in a spread offense. So yes, you know, this is the third year now with LaFleur and we can have different expectations or fourth year, but you know, I think it's just, it, it's very different, you know, what our expectations should be for how he's going to use his pieces versus maybe what we would think an Aaron Rodgers led offense under a guy like Mike McCarthy would look like.
0: Couldn't agree more. It's perfectly stated actually. Well done.
1: All right, Perry, who do you want to hear about on defense?
0: I Everybody. know. Everybody. Everybody. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll start, I'll, I'll start with the guy to... who was out first today. Jair yeah. Alexander has been out first every single day. The first one on the field, every single day. And he looks like he's got to get his meditation in
2: before everyone else is there.
0: Absolutely. And, like, yesterday he was out there with Savage, like, working on releases. Today he was just out by himself stretching. But he's always the first one out there. It's great. We love
2: a work ethic. I think this season is going to be really cool to see some of the guys who we still, in my mind, still think of as rookies who aren't rookies who are now leaders on this team. Like Jair and Rashawn Gary and just the way they, like, set the tone for the rest of the way the guys work. I mean, Matt said it this morning, right, that Rashawn's a tone setter um very much hi phil i think it's been interesting to see how they've been using some of the rookies in terms of who's running with the ones and twos and i know that that might not really mean anything but quay is obviously like straight with the ones right chris barnes sorry quay has surpassed mm. you now on this depth chart oh yeah Almost there's there's really.
0: there's no doubt there although but barnes was Barnes was running with all the one special teams today, so I think his yeah. roster spot secured. That's good. But
2: Wyatt hasn't really gotten that time when it comes to the oh, yeah. line, so
0: But I think it'll be interesting once pads come on because, like, look, we haven't, you know, seen them do anything yet across either line, and I think all it's going to take is Wyatt, like, having one quick, first step destroying, blowing up a play and maybe doing it once or twice more for him to start getting the call up front. And I know he did get the call, literally, I think Andy Herman said, during o- OTAs or minicamp, there was a practice where they legit took him from the twos and brought him to the ones. So maybe that happens sooner rather than later. But, yeah, I mean, with the lines, it's impossible. You know, there, there's no hitting going on. There's They're barely playing patty cake out there. So fair. There that with that, I, I what I found interesting is that Rasul has been coming in as the nickel, right? And mm-hmm. Perry, you and I talked about this on the video chat we did prior to me coming to camp. But like the hit is that's been strictly it. Now it is install stuff, right? So it's there's again, there's no game planning, there's no real kind of kind of rhyme or reason as far as like who's out there the longest or what have you, but it has been interesting to see how set they've been so far in, and I emphasize so far with Jair and Stokes as your perimeter guys. Mm -hmm. Like that has been locked on lock the entire time. Like they played a little more uh, nickel today when they were doing the walkthrough stuff, but for the most part, most of the team, kind of quote-unquote full-speed stuff we've seen, it's been Jair and Stokes. And as I said on Twitter, Stokes versus Dobbs has been one of the highlights of camp for me. Like, Stokes has had so many... Was, was, what sucks for a defensive player, obviously, is, like, you make a ton of plays that where the ball doesn't go to you, right? Well, there were a number of times where I saw Stokes completely blanket Dobbs. But all Dobbs has to do is catch that one touchdown pass, which was fucking amazing, by the way. And everyone freaks out and is like, oh, my God, Dobbs is amazing, right? But And Stokes is in coverage, but it's just an amazing play by the rookie. But for the most part, Stokes does such a good job of like little things, like using his sideline as leverage and blanketing his guy and making sure that he can't get a release up the field – or not, he's allowed up the field, but he can't get back inside, right? Like just those little things that – that's just all the invaluable kind of experience that Stokes got last year – on display you're early in the summer right um so yeah i mean it's been pretty much so far and it's like i said been pretty vanilla but so far it's been exactly what we pretty much all guessed throughout the off season as far as perry as you were saying quite a lot of quay walker um when he goes off the field rasul comes in but then up front it's been kenny and dean it's like old times and reed's been out there when they've gone three-man line but there's oh, been, yeah, there, there's been, there just hasn't been much of, there just hasn't been much su- surprising going on there because it's pretty much playing out yeah. as we all suspected it would. I will say this, this is by far, and I can't even compare it to anything else, the most physical I've seen the defensive backs Love it. this early in camp in like the 20 plus years I've been watching training. Games. Can you see like, the
2: twinkle in my eye? I mean,
0: I'm serious. Like, and it's not, it's not dirty stuff. It's not like, it's just going after the ball. Like they have a right to the ball. Um, Dobbs called it his welcome to the NFL moment yesterday where, you know, he's running a slant on the backside. Rogers hits him real quick and Savage blew him up. <laughs> and I'm not using that term lightly. And it's not, again, it's not a dirty hit. He's going for the ball. Savage broke on the football and just arrived at the right time at the same time. Dobbs did a great job holding on to it, but there have been like four or five plays, both of the high, you know, regular speed practices, where a defensive back is just like no hesitation to just go in there and go for the football. And sometimes the play gets made, sometimes the offensive player catches it, but I'm telling you, that's a different mentality than I ever remember seeing, especially in shorts. I think, I think Josh Jones got like, like thrown out of practice for one of these. I remember years that ago. actually. You know, I think that was him. Yeah. Like, yeah, like so. I, it's just it's that has been a bit eye opening. That was that's been definitely a little different.
2: Yeah, couple things about that. I first love hearing that the wide receivers or any of the offensive playmakers are actually making plays because when you hear that they're doing that against the Packers secondary who are not like giving them anything that no, gives me right. more confidence that, yeah. right. Cause when you hear about Dobbs making that great touchdown, I'm like, I'm not worried oh, yeah. about Stokes. I don't think that no. says anything about no. Stokes. That's life. I mean, of the, that's says, the
0: life of a corner, right? It just says, get-
2: no, I don't even mean that. I just mean like, for me, I'm like, I know Stokes is going to go out there on game day and he's gonna be fine. Yeah. For me, it actually gives me more confidence in Dobbs as a player than it says anything to me about Eric Stokes and like how he's going to be in year two. Right. Um, and secondly, I mean, like I said, like this is kind of a tone setter secondary, right? This is a secondary yes. that's being actually talked about around the league as being essentially mm-hmm. one of the best in the league. And so you want them to kind of like bring that, gravitas if you will with them everywhere right. they go well so. it's funny
0: too because like i was legit next to aaron when he was given stokes grief about the offenses want to know right And that's when i tweeted that out and you definitely could tell that the secondary was not having that on day two in the red zone work uh, there was nowhere to go with the ball like there the rogers has to make an absolutely perfect throw for that dobbs touchdown and he does hit dobbs um for the final play td against uh Devondre Campbell on a quick out. But more often than not, the quarterbacks are back there patting the ball, patting the ball. Aaron twice ran it in, quote unquote, where he would have been hit. He would have been sacked, but he's got the red jersey on, so they can't touch him. Um, yeah, there's a number of plays that secondary is just on lockdown. Like there's nowhere to go with it. And that's exciting. Like that gets me going. Like that idea that you you can maybe move the ball a little bit, but when you get down here, we're gonna be we're gonna we're gonna lock you down because. We all know the struggles they had in that regard, especially early last year, to see them really stiffen up in the red zone was pretty exciting.
1: Has there been any – I mean, I know we've seen a lot of different nickel packages, you know, with, with Douglas being kind of the surprise as that uh, the slot corner. But have they done any dime? Has there been like a Sean Davis or anyone that's kind of come out a yet? Little b- it been, yeah,
0: a little bit. And Sean actually has gotten – He is the guy, I was going to ask regard. who the sixth was. He, he, he was in there, and I want to say – to say somebody else too but it was mo- the one i the most that i've seen is sean davis okay has been, that's, has been that's kind of what we thought but they haven't done it they haven't done a ton of extensive dime stuff like it's been a lot of nickel so far and again that's it's, it's undoubtedly what they're working on install right. wise.
2: they're probably just trotting out base and just building off of a lot of that a lot of that another year of joe Barry. We
0: yeah i talked joe Barry and i had a nice chat on the sideline yesterday
2: oh yeah what do you have to say <laughs> we
0: talked about our kids it was, great. Nice. Yeah. It was um, i'm excited for him obviously i i love the idea that this guy was so i don't want to say my line but he was definitely the target yeah. was on his back right when yeah. he was hired and yeah. and to see him really kind of put together something pretty decent now the packers defense was not lights out last year but we all saw what they did in the playoffs you get very excited about that I'm so excited for this guy to be able to kind of be a success story. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you just, with a cliche last summer, like every single player talking about his energy, it -hmm. never wavers. He's like every day, let's go. Take that ball away. Let's go. Time to get out. Time to be great. Like he's just always, he's just not, he's never not on like, it's just who he is. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what this scheme can do developing with the players on hand, especially, The Quay Walker edition. I think that changes a lot. It changes a lot of what you can do as far as not only mixing and matching your personnel, but we did see him start to get a little creative last year, pressure package-wise, until Jair got hurt, and that kind of took a lot of that away. I'm excited to see what Quay Walker on the field, a year of Jair, a little bit more pressure up front, cooking with gas. I'm excited
1: yeah especially knowing that inside linebackers joe barry's bread and butter and you know he Something got a super helps. bowl ring out uh, of it yeah. um speaking of the other coach that won a super bowl ring with joe barry another new addition rich Pisaccia, what uh what's he been like because i've seen all over twitter that there has never been this much special teams practice literally ever and uh
0: yeah there was there was <laughs> quite a bit today but it was you know the walkthrough thing so right. that's, that's i guess understandable I, i'll say this uh, more personal interactions Rich Masaccio almost ran me over with his bicycle this morning coming out of Lambo. Um, but it was, I saw him afterwards and when he said hello and it, he was as vocal as advertised, but nothing fiery today, I think because it was half speed stuff, but, um, yeah, there, it's certainly, um, the first extensive special teams work we've seen We, you know, the local beat scrambling to see who's on which, but who's with the ones on coverage, who's with the ones on return and blah, blah, blah. But, Um, to me, the kind of, maybe not surprised, but what was interesting is seeing Aaron Jones out there as kick returner. That is interesting. they They were rolling him. They rolled him out there. Um, Rico Gafford got a look. Um, and of course, Amari and Randall and a couple other people. Randall was on punts only. He wasn't on kick return, but yeah, definitely looking to. I guess turn over every single rock, looking for somebody who can return the football. No doubt about it.
2: Why not? I mean, I mean what, you have to, right? Literally, why? What do you have to lose?
0: This is my thing. Well, because everybody, like my Twitter, blew up about the Aaron Jones thing because always going to get hurt. And could he get hurt? Sure, he could get hurt literally on any play on the football field mm-hmm. and I am sick and tired of just wanting competence on special teams. I want to make plays on teams. Yeah, I want to win games on yeah. special teams. You know how you do that? Get the ball in your best player's hands. You know yeah. who that is? Aaron Jones. Yeah. So I'm fine with it. I'm There's good.
1: something really fun about Rico Gafford running a four 2 two and thinking about well, That's the thing, turns. right? It <laughs> like
0: was funny. I was talking fun. to, that's what I, I was talking to Doherty about it on the sideline today. I said, I mean you'd love the speed, right? I think he ran a 4-2, etc. And he mm-hmm. goes, Yeah, I looked it up. He's had one return in his entire career. I'm like, Yeah, like it's not all right. Well, you're trying something you though, well right?
2: Try. Also, I love that Maggie knows his 40 time. Of like
0: course she does. Of course. Shout
2: out, Maggie, <laughs> for your insane Still trap Maggie. She sees the 40
0: time once. It's uh, in there forever. All
2: right. We are almost at an hour, which is not that surprising at all because I knew we'd have so much to talk about. So before we let you go, just like biggest takeaway i know it's only been a week and three practices two and a half yeah. like you said just like what's you're you're walking away you're walking into monday's practice thinking what from this week
0: it's been uh nice to be back obviously but i think more than anything it's th- that this is the, the team that we all thought it was going to be uh throughout the off season right like you get here and you maybe something pops out at you like ooh, i don't know about that but you know th- you can't really answer any questions until the pads come on or even start answering questions until the pads come on. But as far as how they're going to operate, like the, how the pieces are going to fit, it's pretty much what we've been talking about all off season. And it's nice to see it kind of start to kind of rumble to life, so to speak. Right. Long way to go. No question about it. But yeah, to me, it's like what we were talking about like Quay Walker, certainly going to be a big part of things like Romeo Dobbs. A lot of people all off season have been saying like, I wouldn't be surprised if he made an instrument, Contribution. Well, so far so good in that regard. Like it's just a lot of a lot of priors being confirmed so far early in camp. No question. Cool.
1: Maggie? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't really have anything from not being there, but I think to me the nice thing is, you know, there was a lot of speculation about what the future of the team looks like with the additions and the subtractions. And, you know, I think basically we've just seen that the Packers are still committed to winning. They're committed to winning now, and they're also committed to winning later. And they've done like a really perfect blend of making this team as successful as possible for the moment, but also ensuring that the window is propped open instead of saying, okay, well, this window is about to slam. So we right. better
0: crazy get two, through it. After all the consternation about the salary cap heading into the off season and <laughs> you're gnashing, of teeth and now they sit here I think very much a Super Bowl contender mm-hmm. and like in the top 10 maybe even the top five with salary cap room yeah don't
2: the, 16 the million or something like yeah. that right now like
0: yeah. shout out Russ Ball shout <laughs> out the miracle worker Russ Ball that's all I have to say
2: yeah and shout out to him and Good and Matt LaFleur getting contract extensions with Absolutely. literally zero Negative fanfare. Like, I love how you hear we'll wrap with this. Mm-hmm. Like, I love how you hear about like, oh, like Steve Kime and like whatever, all these right. people. I don't know why that name just came to mind, but like the card, but you're Right, he got this an extension. thing right, right. about like these big extensions and Matt LaFleur's like, I don't really want to talk about that. Like, no. <laughs> I wasn't surprised at
0: all. I wasn't surprised at all. And Goody even said, like, you know, the reason they didn't announce it is because I didn't want them to. Like he's yeah. so what's well, I, I was talking to somebody with the Packers yesterday and we were like, Man, Brian is so much more like Ted. Than I ever expected. Like we were all like, "How is he going to be his GM?" And it's like he's clearly been a little bit different, especially when it comes to free agency, et cetera. But man, he's got a lot of Ted in him.
2: He's no doubt. Gen Z Ted.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Gen Z ten. I like that.
2: All right, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure everyone's gonna really enjoy hearing about camp because most of us are just like dying to be there in person <laughs> and we get well, no you'll video. be here
0: soon. You'll be um, here soon. We
2: will be there soon, but we appreciate you. Anything coming up that you wanna let the folks who are listening know to Check you out, follow oh, you, okay. so what you're yeah, I'm on. Pretty
0: sure most people know, but yeah. you know, just make sure you're checking out the YouTube channel. I'm doing chats, live chats before every open practice and after every open practice, and uh, you know, Cheesehead TV keeping you abreast of everything going on here in Green Bay, Wisconsin.
2: Love it,
1: love it. Yeah, you can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. Follow the podcast, please, on Twitter at BWSs Podcast at Pack's What She Said,
0: and get your merch at the Cheesehead TV store that's what she said please we got
1: we got a mouth to feed coming soon uh, an extra uh, Perry's cat needs food so just you know keep those things in mind but thank you as always for listening to the show go pack go go pack go 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 pack